Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tell me how your arm feels now and is it any different at all from before the surgery? Yeah, it feels, it feels great, honestly. Um, you know, this was the first time we had a three-day block where I've thrown three days in a row. And to be able to go out of practice and still make all the throws and with velocity on time, um, it's get, it gave me a lot of confidence. And I'm really comfortable with where I'm at. Um, and so I, we've had a great plan this whole time. Um, all the you know, doctors and physical therapists I'm working with, Everyone has aligned everything right to, to be in this moment, ready to go, going into, you know, obviously the second preseason game and game one. Um, and so I feel good. That's where I'm at, and I'm confident to, to be ready to roll for this year. So little doubt in your mind you'll be ready to go opening day. Correct. Yes, sir. Peter King's training camp tour continues. He's in California. He talked to Brock Purdy. He joins us now. He joins us now. He's up early. Miles is up early. It's now 5 a.m. Pacific time. Peter's out there continuing that look at most of the NFL's teams. And, you know, Peter, Brock Purdy is such an intriguing story because everyone connected to the 49ers organization just kind of holding their breath for the next quarterback injury because that's been their life the, life, the last six years. Purdy is the only one who seems to be unconcerned about his status, about his health, about his ability to play in 2023. You know, Mike, I think the interesting part of Brock Purdy that happened during the course of this offseason is everybody saw he got hurt in the NFC championship game. Obviously hurt his elbow, had to get surgery. But the other part of it that was weird, that was really kind of worrisome for the 49ers is that Brock Purdy picked the and the 49ers picked the team physician, the orthopedist of the Texas Rangers, the baseball team. And he was going to go get the surgery done about three weeks after the NFC championship game in mid to late February. And so he went there and the 
uh, and the the doctor said to him, "Listen, you're not ready. You still have a lot of swelling there. You got to do some more rehab to get the swelling down." So it was another two weeks, ten days to two weeks after that before he actually got the surgery. And Purdy told me he was really worried uh, when he was put off uh, from getting the surgery in February. He was really worried that, in fact, that that was going to affect his readiness for the start of this season. Obviously, it hasn't done much practice yesterday, as he said, the first time he practiced three days in a row. And I thought he threw the ball great. And he told me, absolutely, he doesn't have any pain. It looks like he's going to be okay. Kyle Shanahan told me he's talked to several quarterbacks who've had this surgery in the NFL, including a good friend of his named Steve Berline. And Berline told him, essentially, uh, once you get the the surgery, it's not going to be an issue. So to me, I don't view it as a huge issue. Obviously, he's got to go out and do it, but I don't view it as a huge issue for the Niners entering the season. Peter, what do you think uh, the ceiling is with Brock Purdy at this point? I mean, can he be significantly better in 2023, even though he's not really surprising anybody anymore? Well, Miles, I don't think I think the 49ers would take what he was in the last five regular season games and two playoff games, honestly. Um, I mean, if you think about it, this is a guy who had a rating of 107.3, completed 67% of his throws, uh, won every start that he had, um, had a real good touchdown-to-interception ratio. I, I think the 49ers would sign up for a full season of that. I think one of the things that Kyle Shanahan, when he talks about him, I think... The one thing, and you guys were talking about uh, the Browns' backup quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And one of the things, I remember talking to people about the quarterbacks in this draft before this thing, and a couple of people compared uh, the UCLA quarterback of 2023 to the Iowa State quarterback of 2022 when Brock Purdy was Mr. Mr. Uh, Irrelevant. He started, I believe, 47 games at Iowa State. And you just can't duplicate that. Why is Trey Lance so far behind? Because he has played one season of football since he graduated from a mid-level high school in the state of Minnesota. So what do you expect? And so I think I think Purdy, um, you know, obviously if he stays healthy and with the the hex on quarterbacks that there's been since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over in 2017. You do not sell insurance for that stuff because there's only one year that they've had a very healthy quarterback for the season. And you see what happens in that year. They, uh, they went to the Super Bowl and were within seven or eight minutes of beating Kansas City for it. So I think that is really their goal, obviously, to get a full, healthy season out of Purdy. You mentioned Trey Lance, and despite everything they <coughs> move up to get him in the 2021 draft, he's now battling Sam Darnold. They're listed as or as the number two quarterback behind Brock Purdy. A lot of 49ers fans freaked out about the possibility that Lance is just never going to be anything. They're never going to get anything out of him. He's never going to do anything positive to help that team. Where does it stand right now in this battle to be the backup to Brock Purdy? 
Well, in the practice I watched yesterday, Sam Darnold took all the number two reps. So what does that mean? It could mean that they're just giving Darnold, uh, hopefully, a chance to play with some better players, including some starters. It could just be they're alternating it. And Kyle Shanahan, I think, legitimately is looking at both guys as the possible number two. I will be surprised if the number two quarterback is not Sam Darnold. And the reason is, I think you can just see it. He's a little bit more confident, seems to be playing in that offense with a better state of readiness than, um, you know, than Trey Lance. And and look, a lot of people are going to make judgments, and rightfully so, on the fact how much was wasted if indeed Lance never works out in San Francisco. And that is indeed what it's looking like now. But... I think this is one of those things that if you get caught up in this as uh, if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, you can't get caught up in this because, you know, what good does it do you? You made a judgment at the time that we thought that there were two quarterbacks who we really liked, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. And we thought that Trey Lance was going to be the better player long term because of his ability to create, uh, to make plays on the run, those kind of things. And what can you say? He's just had two debilitating injuries and just has not been able to play. And, of course, it looks terrible. Everybody around there knows it looks terrible. You trade three ones, or you basically use the currency of three ones uh, to pick a quarterback who you might have to let go after four years. It's 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 embarrassing, but there's nothing you can do now. And look, I, I think one of the most interesting stories in the NFL right now is that, you know, the first pick or the, the number one quarterback is Mr. Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, the number two quarterback's the third pick in the draft. The number three quarterback is the third pick in the draft. It's just, I don't know that that's ever happened in a, anything like that's ever happened in NFL history. It makes it a lot easier when you go to back-to-back NFC championship games, probably. Hey, hey, Peter, did you get any sense that they were concerned that uh, Nick Bosa's not there and whatever the contract situation is, you feel like they feel confident they're going to be able to get that done? You know, there's really sort of a news blackout hanging over Nick Bosa there, so you don't hear a lot of talk about it. Uh, but... I would be surprised if if Nick Bosa was not there opening day. I wouldn't say shocked, but I'd be surprised. Miles, if he is, assume he is there opening day, um, I think they're going to be able to figure out a way to get something done. The 49ers have been very good in their history, uh, the, the Lynch-Shanahan history of figuring out a way uh, of getting your best players to stay and play. And I just think whenever it does, whenever the dam does break and he does come back and play, uh, they're going to be very, very, very difficult to stop on the defensive front. 
Look, I personally think it's just a matter of both sides figuring out when the clock strikes midnight. That's the moment where you go to your bottom line, you get it done. If you go before then, you're going to get squeezed off of it. I think it's coming up here. Just as they get ready for their preparations heading into week one against the Steelers, I think that's when we're going to get it done. Midnight for Javon Hargrave was when the free agency period opened earlier this year. What kind of an impact do you think this guy's going to have? They broke the bank on him, $84 million over four years. Kind of in line with that mid-level defensive tackle contract we've seen guys like Quinnen Williams, Dexter Lawrence get. What do you expect Hargrave to do for the 49ers? Well, it's really interesting what happened, Mike, if I can give you just a little bit of history on this deal that uh, that I found out yesterday. I went to, to uh, Santa Clara uh, 24 hours ago, and and basically that was one of the things on my list. What, what are you doing signing a defensive lineman in free agency? I mean, what, what possibly – what got into you guys? You know, even without Bosta, uh, you've got a pretty good front, you know, anchored kind of by Eric Armstead and and you got a great linebacker crew and, and all that. But so come to find out that they had no intention really of going after a big defensive lineman in free agency. But Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch discussed it before the start of free agency. And, and Shanahan said to Lynch, you know, we were at our best on defense when we could really come at teams in waves. And, you know, in 2019, that's probably, you know, when we were at our best in terms of being able to threaten the quarterback. And so I think the 49ers had no intention of getting a big ticket item in free agency this year, just because, they knew that they had to get Bosa signed, and there will be more. And so at the end of the day, Lynch and Shanahan got excited about it. And one day, Lynch called uh, the owner, Jed York, and said he wanted to talk to him about it. And he said it took about three minutes to convince Jed York that this was the right call. Because they had all sort of philosophically decided that they were just going to kind of play defense in free agency this year. But they just thought that who Javon Hargrave was, and I personally thought, I remember going into free agency last year, I thought he was the best guy available in free agency. And Drew Rosenhaus, who's his agent, Mike, called uh, Lynch when Lynch said, you know, we're going to make an offer and, and all that stuff. He called him and he said, we're kind of surprised we're hearing from you guys. And but that's just the way it was. Uh, I, but I think now when you look at that defensive front, I think you're going to see, especially when Bosa comes back, assuming he does, uh, that's going to be along with the Eagles really as fearsome a defensive front as there is in the game. On Fridays during the regular season and the postseason, we do a thing called the Show Me Something Draft. Peter, since we have you here today and we're heading into a full weekend of week two preseason games, but for the one that was played last night, we're going to do a three-man Show Me Something Draft for week two of the 2023 preseason. Peter, I'll give you the first pick, then Miles, then me. Who do you want to show you something this weekend? Well, there's probably... There's probably only one team, one guy that really interests me this weekend. 
and and look, everybody can say, well, these guys aren't playing. You know, what are they going to be doing? So the because the ones don't really play very much. I think there needs to be a pretty good comeback week um, for CJ Stroud. And so I'll be watching those highlights uh, after Houston plays because honestly, Mike, CJ Stroud was a little disappointing in their first game. And look, Bill Belichick, can, even in the preseason, can throw a lot of different looks at uh, at young quarterbacks. But I would say I'd like to see CJ Stroud, particularly, particularly, I think what is kind of interesting is that not necessarily that he's facing the Dolphins, but he's he's playing at home. And so you want to be able to show your new team what they've what they've bought. Well, I, you know, I thought with that setup, you were going to this player that I'm going to pick, Peter, but it's Trey Lance. <laughs> I mean, I think we got to see a little bit of something from Trey Lance this weekend. You know, you can put everything aside with the Raiders. Yeah, you had three, three and outs to start that game. And then, yeah, they got a little something going. The touchdown should have been an interception accident, a little touchdown, whatever you want to call it. But this is a guy that has been taking the heat. And Kyle Shanahan has said that he handles it well. But I think you just want to see Trey Lance show that he can pilot the offense in a way that's not going to make you say, man, this guy looks like a bust. And, you know, that's kind of unfair to say, just given his experience and given all the things that have happened in his career. But I think this week could be a nice week for Trey Lance to go out there and show a little something. You know, I'm going to start with the first overall pick in the draft, Bryce Young. We saw him take a bunch of hits in the preseason opener. He's got to accelerate that processing capacity. It was such a selling point. The Panthers aren't concerned, so they say, about his slight size because he can get rid of the ball before he gets hit. He took some big hits last week. I want to see, can he accelerate? Can he get rid of the ball? Can he avoid taking the hits that he took? There's so much pressure on him. It's the Trey Lance dynamic. Everything given up. To move all the way to number one, he carries all that extra pressure. We need to see some return. We need to see something quickly, or he's going to be carrying that into the preseason. <laughs> this idea that that you know it's going to take maybe longer than the Panthers had expected for him to become the player that they need him to be. I mean, I think you. I think that is that's a good pick to have. But my feeling kind of at this time of year, uh, a lot of things can be really misleading. Uh, but the the one other guy I wanted to highlight is, and, and you hear a lot about him when you talk to, to Rams people, and that's Stetson Bennett. Um, I think a lot of people had their eyebrows raised when Stetson Bennett was, um, you know, picked in the middle of the draft after so many people thought he was just going to be maybe a seventh round pick. Um, he's very impressive so far in camp. You know, as somebody who's been in a lot of Rams practices told me he's afraid of nothing and nothing really. I always think this, you know, we were talking about Brock Purdy earlier. If you started 47 games in the big 12 and Stetson Bennett, however many starts he had 25, 30, 35, whatever it was at Georgia in the SEC at the highest level of football in incredibly in an incredibly competitive environment. Uh, that's going to serve you well in the NFL. It served him well in his first game against the Chargers. And I think this weekend, um, 
you know, against the Raiders uh, in in L.A., I think that's going to be a really good opportunity for him to show that Les Snead and the and the Rams, who all along targeted Stetson Bennett, uh, that he's you know he was a smart pick. It's interesting. I mean, he is certainly comfortable in that stadium now down there uh, in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium after, you know, going through what he did in that national championship game and then playing there last week. Um, I'm going to go to Tampa Bay for my next pick and the show me something. And I want it to be either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Just one of you. Show me something. Make me excited about this quarterback competition in some way. I mean, it's just bleh. You know, I don't really feel that good about either one of these guys being the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, really making them a contender in that division or in the NFC. But maybe, you know, you go out and you do something against the Jets this weekend and you get some good vibes off of that. But I I, I don't know if what it is, you know, for me in this particular quarterback competition, but it just doesn't feel like there's much juice there. So go out there, show something this weekend, and let's get a little juice into that quarterback competition. You know, there's a thought that they already know they're going with Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans said earlier this week, I'd just like to know who the starter's going to be. I don't know what the mystery is. I don't know why they're waiting. And I fully expect by Monday or Tuesday they'll announce it's going to be Baker Mayfield with <coughs> one at Minnesota. You know, the thing about show me something, we used to call – drafts like this pressure cooker I mean it can be positive it can be negative it can be whatever I literally want to see more Malik Cunningham so show me something Malik Cunningham this guy that the Patriots have found that they were trying to make into a receiver they gave him quarterback reps he did well in the preseason opener against the Texans and now this weekend against the Packers we're going to probably see a lot more of him at quarterback and hey what better way for Bill Belichick than to find his next guy undrafted Oh, you're never going to find another guy six round 199. Well, no, I'll do one better. I'll find a guy who can play quarterback in my offense undrafted. Now, long way to go for Malik Cunningham to climb the depth chart, but wouldn't it be something if they develop him into their future? They seem to be intrigued. I'm intrigued. I want to see more from him. I want to see what he can do. I want to know what his ceiling is, just as the Patriots do, because maybe he could be a guy that they could build around over the long haul, guys. Mike, I'm going to give you one last one. It's a tad off beat, okay? But show me something, Jonathan Taylor. I realize you're not playing football right now, and you're away from the team for rehab purposes. Um, but this, I'm not saying that that you got to solve it now. You you don't necessarily have to solve it today. But at some point soon the most important offensive player on this team for the 2023 season has to show up. Uh, he can't be pissy and moany. And at some point, the Indianapolis Colts GM, Chris Ballard, they've got to find a way to get Jonathan Taylor peacefully back in the fold. Yeah, they, they really do. And I mean, the thing about Jonathan Taylor right now, too, is just that you don't know really what the end game can be, because if they're unwilling to give him a contract, what else is he going to be able to do? So I don't I don't necessarily see any real good solution other than him being into being there and just playing football. Right, Mike? He's in checkmate. He's in checkmate. Miles, you got one more for me? 
Sure, why not? Uh, why don't we show me something, <coughs> Michael Mayer? That's a, maybe one that's a little bit offbeat too. But he's a Raiders tight end, rookie tight end, and I've been hearing good things about him from Las Vegas. You know, guy out of Notre Dame, second round pick, has been dealing with a little couple little injury things, nicks, bruises, and things like that here and there. But he was back in the joint practices this week, and they need somebody to replace Darren Waller. So I want to see if he can step up, get a couple of catches, and show a little something this week against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, I was going to say the Bills backup quarterbacks because there's a competition between Matt Barkley and Kyle Allen that really is going nowhere to the point where if I'm the Bills, I got to start thinking about other options out there to back up Josh Allen this year. But that's kind of boring. I'm going to go with the field and specifically the grounds crew in Arizona. The Chiefs are coming back. For the first time since they were on the slip and slide in February. And against the Broncos last week, that field did not look good. Now, it can look bad and still play well, but it's brown down the middle already because they practice on the damn thing. I mean, who, you know, wh- what do you expect? You practice on it all the time and you play on it. It's going to get worn out, but it looked like there were, you know, chunks of grass everywhere. The Chiefs have to have bad memories of what happened in February, although it worked out in the end for them. But show me something. Arizona field and grounds crew and getting that field ready, not just for this game, but for every game that's going to be played there this year by the Cardinals. All right, Peter, what's next for you on the training camp tour 2023? Well, today's going to be an interesting day, Mike. Uh, I'm going to see the Saints and the Chargers. I'm going over to the Saints hotel in a little while, going to do some stuff, meet with people before practice, then after practice, Line up the uh, the Chargers. Going to spend a little bit of time later in the day with uh, Brandon Staley and and uh, Kellen Moore, and then Miles Simmons is going to join our rollicking band of merry people, and we are going to drive down to Petco Park to see the Padres tonight. So I know you would love wow. to join us. I, I mean, I I know it really bothers you to miss a major league ballpark like that. And to and to be able to sit in the man cave, have a cigar, and watch sixteen football games tonight. But we're going to do something slightly different. I wish I still liked baseball. I wish the Pirates had been something at some point in the last thirty years. They ruined me for the sport. Uh, and uh, and yeah, that kind of is what it is. All right, Peter. Well, thanks again for some of your time. Safe travels. Enjoy the baseball game tonight, and uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon. Sounds great, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Miles. See you soon. All right, there he is. Peter King. We'll take a quick break. We'll have more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kirk Cousins doing his thing. Oh, look at that. A little pass route, a little catch. Boy, that's really, that's less than half speed. Uh, We don't need to see that. He didn't do it for very much. He realized (laughs) camera's on somewhere. Somebody has their phone. Big Brother is watching. I'd better stop the gritty lest I be ridiculed like Mike Gesicki. By the way, Kirk Cousins (laughs) turns 35 tomorrow. The oldest starting quarterback in the league right now, Miles. Aaron Rodgers at 39. Matthew Stafford at 35. He turned 35 in February. Last month, Ryan Tannehill turned 35. Number four is Kirk Cousins, who turns 35 tomorrow. Oh, we'll see how long that lasts for him, right, as a starting quarterback. I mean, he he still can get some things done, but he just has not necessarily performed at his best in the biggest moments. So maybe this will be the year for that. Maybe you'll be happy, Mike. I am aware. So this game is word association. This is the latest block in the hodgepodge of crap that is the subtitle for today's show. Word association. Kirk Cousins. I got plenty of words I could say, but will get me in trouble. What words come to mind for you? Um, average, above average, but, you know, good, but not great. That's too many words. I don't think I would do very well in therapy. Um, but yeah, I mean, because that's who he is, right? I mean, we know that Kirk Cousins can play, you know, when he's at his best. He's really, really good. But it's just that the low moments are too uh, frequent for you to say that he's actually a great player. So yeah, that, to me, he's above average. He's good, but he's not great. What do you say? Well, I say, and since you are so averse to anything and everything that happened culturally in the 1980s, I will say Max Headroom for Kirk Cousins. Not that he looks like Max Headroom, and I'm sure you don't even know what Max Headroom is. You can Google it after the show. Chris Sims looks like Max Headroom, but, and it really doesn't apply, but it's kind of like I'm thinking ceiling, like he has, like we know exactly what he is. He has reached the maximum headroom. There is no further growth for Kirk Cousins. He is exactly who he is. Now, does that mean he'll never win a Super Bowl? If he lands on a team like the 49ers, which still remains possible, I still think there's a chance the 49ers and the Rams get into a tug of war for Kirk Cousins next year when he will be a free agent unless the Vikings sign him to a new contract. You get on a really great team, maybe he can do just enough to get you over the top. He's never going to take you over the top on his own. He's 35 tomorrow. We know who he is. Great quarterback at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sundays. Great at getting paid a lot of money, right? Yeah. He'll win you games in the regular season. He stays healthy. But under the biggest moments, the brightest lights, something goes kaflooey. We are talking earlier about kickers. Oh, I can make every kick in practice, but uh-oh, uh-oh, here I am. Uh, it's a big spot. Am I going to make the kick? And... Kirk Cousins is hyper aware of the biggest moments. And I know people said to me, well, well, he made that big throw to Justin Jefferson against the Bills. That was a regular season game that they weren't supposed to win at one o'clock Eastern time on a Sunday. If that's the that's Super the Bowl, catch he ain't making seen. that Come throw. On. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about the, uh, well, 
But I'm talking about pulling the trigger on making the throw. Because the ultimate moment for the season last year for the Vikings, 13-4, and and oh, it's great, we got t-shirts and hats, we won the division. It's fourth and eight, and he throws five yards short of the sticks. When Justin Jefferson, always double-covered, can't throw it to him, it's Justin Jefferson! And the safety was caught flat-footed. Throw the freaking ball to Justin Jefferson with the season on the line. So, Kirk Cousins is who he is. He's never going to be anything more than that. He can save all the room he wants in his closet in Michigan for the Super Bowl trophy unless he goes to a different team that's going to carry him over the top. There isn't going to be a Super Bowl trophy in that closet. Yeah, well, I mean, there could be eight players on Justin Jefferson, and if it's fourth and eight in my seasons on the line, I don't care. I'm you throw it to him. Justin Jefferson. That's my point. You throw it to yeah. him. You throw it to him. Yes, especially after you saw what happened in November. This guy's going to go right. get it. The season's yes. on the line. I'm throwing him the ball. And he admitted in the quarterback series there really wasn't a good option. It was either throw it to TJ Hawkinson, who was five yards short of the sticks, or take a sack. I really didn't have a good option. You did. Throw it to Justin Jefferson. All right. Next Can up. you riled up all Justin over Hunter. again. Let's, let's hear a little from Mike McDaniel on whether or not his quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, will play in the preseason. I would expect to see him in the preseason. However you know me, I'm a wild card. You know, that's the shortest answer he's ever given to anything. I have a feeling he went on for another five or six minutes. I think we Give me your word association there. for Mike McDaniel. What's your word Mike association Mc- for him? Um, offensive guru who needs to step it up a little bit this year. That's not a word. I'm not very good at this game. Am I? I think he's somebody that we know can do well, right? He can scheme it up. He did well with Tua Tonga by last year. He has Tyree kill. He's got Jalen model, but I think on the whole, he's got to do a better job of making sure that on a play to play basis, Things get in quicker, right? They get in and out of the huddle faster, and he runs the ball a little bit more because he's a run game coordinator, for goodness sakes. But, I mean, what I should have said probably is Miami Vice, right? You know, he wears the sunglasses. He looks cool. You, you see him out sometimes. He's got on, like, one of those sleek uh, suits, you know, and light pastel colors or whatever. And he seems like a good dude. But at the same time there are improvements that he needs to be able to make so those are the things that come to mind with mike mcdaniel you know i've considered making this comment from time to time in the past and it hadn't really Uh crystallized like it did under the bright light of the word association game and for me for mike mcdaniel two words sum up my my view of him stoner savant that's mike mcdaniel (laughs) and i'm not saying that he uses marijuana I don't know what he does to create that vibe that he's very chill, he's very mellow, and maybe he was, maybe he wasn't hitting the vape pen during the playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. The video is inconclusive. But he's also a genius, and he's just so unique. He's one of a kind. We've never seen a guy like him coaching in the NFL. We probably never will see it again. He's very authentic. He's true to himself. Maybe there would be some other coach who would act that way if he would just be who he is. But I love the guy. I think he's great for the game. He's great for the Dolphins. He's got them on the cusp of doing something really special this year if they can keep Tua Tonga-Vailoa healthy. And maybe that's where he's the wild card because he doesn't want to get a little too crazy with putting Tua Tonga-Vailoa in harm's way. That's the big question. Can he stay healthy once he's thrown out there in the games that count? But, uh, yeah, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins have the right guy. They just need to keep the right guys on the field. 
Yeah, Mike McDaniel is cool. That's what I should have said in the first place. But he is. He's cool, right? I mean, you, you see him. He understands football. He understands how to deal with the media. He's just cool. That That's the thing that I think really encapsulates him. How about this one? Pete Carroll, who turned 72 on September 15, out there at practice... My nephew, who's a huge Seahawks fan, texted this to me last night at 12.45 a.m. and woke me up. That's how excited he was when he saw it. Pete Carroll on the run. Look at that. Getting it done. 71. Look at that throw. Cross body. Patrick Mahomes, take that. And there he is running sprints. Give me your word association. (laughs) Look at that one. It gets better and better. Holy shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a little carried away. Uh, Give me your word association on Pete Carroll. There are some edits there at the end there. That, that's, that, that's a part of the joke. He's not, he's doing that in walkthrough. And then, you know, the real quarterbacks are the ones that are throwing to the wide receivers, but you know, you can get a little excited there about it. Uh, I, Pete Carroll. Oh, they, they did. Oh, oh, wait, wait, no, they're not. They're not. They didn't, they didn't uh, splice Mike, those. That's him throwing Mike, it. Mike, it, they're oh, obvious. There's that one. I see it now. Have you ever, I oh, mean, okay. have you I watched a video in your life? Uh, <laughs> Come right, on now. Yeah. Damn it. But I don't care about the back end. I don't care about the back end. I care about the front end. The guy's 71 going on 72, not to be confused with 71 going on 75. And he's making those throws. Yeah, they edited a couple of them, but it's still amazing. What's going on there is still amazing. Yes. No, the first few are absolutely legit. And then, you know, he starts running and then they make more of a joke out of it. It's funny. It's great. He is spry. You know, you hear about Pete Carroll. You hear about the energy that he brings. Grandma, and you can see are it. You spry? Every... I, I, what, what reference is this? What is that? You just you totally derailed you gotta, you what I was saying there. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have I'm to step sorry. up my game in other ways, but like, I don't. I mean, I don't even know Anytime what that is. I hear the word spry. Anytime I hear the word spry, I involuntarily blurt out the phrase, Grandma, are you spry? And the fact that you don't know what that is doesn't surprise me, although the movie I'm referring to was not made in the 80s. It was made, what, 2002, 2003 timeframe. So you should know what it is. You should know what that's from. I'm disappointed. We need to introduce you to higher culture. All right, you can go ahead and finish your point now on Pete Carroll. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm being told that it is Bad Santa, which is one of those movies that you keep telling me I have to watch, but I haven't watched. Maybe I'll watch it this Christmas time. We don't know. Um, But yeah, Pete Carroll is one of those coaches where you don't realize how old he is because of the energy that he brings, right? And it's something that the Seahawks have talked about for years and years and years. And so it's why... You know, we talk about the 49ers, rightfully so, as the kind of kings of that division heading into this year. But it's not going to shock me if the Seahawks are right there with them because of the energy that Pete Carroll brings and the fact that, look, they've got talented guys all over the place. And they were good last year, too, and they made it to the postseason. So Pete Carroll, he's a spry guy, and he's in the right spot. My word association for Pete Carroll when I see him doing those things is always this. Vincent Chin Gigante. For those of you who aren't up on mafia history, he's the Don who acted like he was confused. He wore a robe and slippers to court. He acted like he didn't know what was going on. And then the moment court was over, he threw it all off and he's gangster again. It's the flip side for Pete Carroll. When you see him away from football, he isn't moving like that. He's moving That's like a guy true. who's 71. 
And then all of a sudden, he throws off the robe, and the slippers come off, and he's out there running around. I've seen it for the past 10 years. It's amazing. He undergoes a transformation anytime he is in the vicinity of a football field. You get him away from that, and the guy can barely walk. It is an, and, and maybe he's just setting us all up. But it's incredible. It's incredible to say. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's incredible to see that kind of effervescence from a man of that age. It's inspirational to those of us who, if we're lucky, will eventually be that age. That's the one thing that you whippersnappers don't understand. We're all heading for the same fate. We're all heading for the same thing. If we're lucky, we get to live long enough to be Vincent chin gigante and spry like grandma who would jump out of that lounge chair and go fix some sandwiches the moment Thurman Merman walked through the door with Billy Bob Thornton. I can't remember the name of the character other than Santa. He had a name. He had a, the character had a name. I'm blanking though. Maybe he was the Browns receivers coach too. He did play. <laughs> did he, he played a football coach at one point. He did play a football coach. Friday Night Lights. Right? The movie? Wasn't he the coach? I think he was. Brother, I got nothing for you on any of this. Let's take a break. (laughs) You know this is not my... Yeah. Let's take a break. (laughs) Billy Bob Thornton is not the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton is. Russell Wilson thinks the offense may be coming together. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. I feel like Madden has a good tell of how good players are. So I just play Madden the night before, and I go look at all their ratings. So let's say, for instance, they had Steve Nelson and Derek Stingley over there, two phenomenal players, by the way. Um, I just go get on Madden. I go to the EA rosters. Then I scroll down and see what their awareness is, their speed is, and they sprint. And that's how I get a good tell on them. Nice little commercial there for Madden, which comes out today. I have it downloaded and ready to play when I jump on my bike later today. My trifecta of an hour of cardio. I'll watch something on my phone and I'll play Madden. Uh, The new Madden is indeed out. We haven't been paid to say that. It's just a public service announcement. I don't know that that's something he should be bragging about. I know he's so good he doesn't need to watch film. What's he really gleaning from looking at someone's Madden ratings? What are you really getting from that? I mean, I think he's lying, first of all. I mean, he's too good to not watch film. People who are as good at their craft as Tyreek Hill and say that they want to be great as Tyreek Hill does and has proven that he is great as Tyreek Hill has, they watch film because they want to get an edge. And so any player that wants to get an edge, yeah, you watch his film. And you maybe can get some things like, oh, you know, this guy actually is a little bit fast because the Madden ratings will tell you X, Y, and Z. But I'm not I'm not buying what he's selling that he doesn't watch film. Get out of here. No, no way. No way. Um, I you know, I think he's good enough that he doesn't need to, but I agree with you. He probably does. Oh, by the way, uh, it was just announced by the Washington Commanders that the starting quarterback for 2023 is Sonny Jurgensen. Wait, Sam Howell. Starting quarterback oh. for the Commanders. I mean, they're embracing they're embracing the past, so it just kind of blurted out. Sonny Jurgensen, Billy Kilmer, um, Joe Theismann, uh, Sam Howell, joining the long line of potential for him. Great Washington quarterbacks, and I think it's the right move. Matthew Barry will be very happy. Go with the young guy. Let's find out what he can do. This is the chance to do it. This is the year to do it. If it doesn't work out, you get somebody else. But see what his ceiling is. 
And uh, he's got some potential. We'll see him on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens in his first preseason game as QB1 officially for the Washington Commanders. Well, I mean, if we're going by semantics, Ron Rivera has been calling him QB1 for months, but he's just not the starting quarterback. Now he is QB1 and the starting quarterback. I'm a little surprised that Ron Rivera did this um, before the preseason game, just kind of based on the comments that he's been making um, after that. I think it was the second uh, joint practice that they had with the Ravens earlier this week. He kind of talked about it and said, you know, you got to still meet with Eric Bieniemy and with Pritchard, their new quarterbacks coach as well. And look, they've been signaling that this is what they were going to do for a very, very, very long time. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, while they've kind of said some nice things, you'll read anything out of Washington, and it's been Sam Howell took the starting reps at quarterback. Sam Howell took the first team reps at quarterback. Sam Howell took the first team reps at quarterback. And there was one practice, maybe another practice in there, where Jacoby Brissett took a couple of reps with the first teamers. And Ron Rivera said that's to kind of make sure he's comfortable with those guys. But Sam Howell has been their guy from jump this offseason. So I'm not surprised that this is the result. Maybe a little surprised that it's today. Um, But this is the chance for Sam Howell to go out there and show what he can do, you know, not just for this next couple of preseason games, but in the regular season. And we'll see if this really does work out for him. We're less than a month removed from Josh Harris becoming the owner of the Commanders. And I know it is still a time of extended euphoria for fans of the franchise who are thrilled to be done with Daniel Snyder. But there is just a weird vibe around the team right now. There have been strange things. The timing of this is strange. The things that Ron Rivera said earlier this week about Sam Howell as the starting quarterback is strange. The Eric Bieniemy comments from Ron Rivera that had to be walked back were strange. This clumsy kind of deliberate lean into the abandoned name and logo of the team is strange. They posted a video this morning. Happy birthday to Brian Mitchell. They added a video with the old logo front and center. They're they're just sprinkling enough and it's working. They know it's working. If that's what they intended to do, if it's not what they intended to do, they need to recognize we better be careful with the name and the logo because it's getting about 100,000 people to sign a petition for us to bring the name back. There's just a strange vibe right now. And, you know, the fans of the team don't care because Daniel Snyder's gone. But I think if we're going to be objective, if we're going to be fair about what's going on with this team right now, in the afterglow of dumping Snyder, something seems a little off. And they don't need to get it under control right away. They're in that extended grace period. They got a year at least, but I, as somebody who's disconnected from the franchise and is just looking at it objectively, something strange with the commanders right now. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I think if you're wishing somebody happy birthday and you're going to do a highlight video, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, that's how many that times do you see a highlight video for logo. happy birthday? But how many times? Did, uh, how many times do we see a highlight video for for a former player? But if and you're on you social media, know, isn't it engagement? To, I mean, that's what you're going to do. But, Mike, I mean, and, and I am not I, defending I, that I, name I, or that logo. I, I'm not. But there's a, there's a reality point here where it is, look, if you're going to do a highlight video, which you can do for I engagement understand. and boost your numbers, then there's nothing you can do because that's what that was the name and that's the logo when he played. So I, I, that, I I'm setting that aside. There is some other weirdness that's going on with the franchise. And I think that you're right with 
the timing of this, it's kind of random on a Friday morning, but I guess this is when Ron Revere is talking or something. I don't, I don't quite know because, you know, I'm just hearing this as you are as we're doing the show. But the Eric Bieniemy stuff is more concerning to me because as a franchise leader, you need Ron Rivera to be that steady. And it was just this unforced error that happened when he was at a press conference. And as somebody who is experienced as he is at being a head coach and being at press conferences, that to me was just one of those things where it's like, huh, I I don't really understand why that particularly is happening. And with the whole name and logo thing, I'm just saying this. We have to at least assume that people running that team understand cause and effect and appreciate the broader environment where four weeks ago today, Josh Harris used the old name multiple times. Magic Johnson tweeted the old name. And there's been this reaction. It's opened the door to all the people that never wanted the old name to go away in the first place. And it just, it just, I feel like there's something going on and that they're going to see if they can pull this off, that they can bring that name back. And it's a, a different topic for a different day, but it's just contributing to the general sense that something weird is going on with this team as they get accustomed to their post-Dan Snyder existence. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. I got on my Crusade soapbox earlier about it. Let's climb back up there again. Here's one of the joint practices. There's a post-play move. Mark Andrews slams Commander's cornerback Danny Johnson to the ground. I'm told he suffered a rotator cuff injury in that extracurricular hit. It just gets back to the idea that guys do this because they know there's no real consequence. The team's not going to do anything about it. The league's not paying attention. The league's position is it's a team issue. Sims and I were talking yesterday, Miles. Aaron Donald should have been suspended last year for swinging helmets the way he did to the point where one of them was flattened as it struck against a Bengals player's helmet. Thank God he had a helmet on. And what I wrote yesterday, and I firmly believe this, they're just going to continue to keep their head in the sand until somebody gets seriously injured. There was a defensive backs coach injured earlier this week for the Jets. A fan is going to get caught up in at some point. An official is going to get injured at some point. Player suffers an injury. When somebody is seriously and sufficiently injured, that's when the NFL is going to say, oh, we can't have this anymore. We didn't know this could happen. As we see it play out every year, the potential for something to happen where somebody gets seriously injured during one of these fights because the players have no downside to failing to control their emotions. Well, I I think for the most part, joint practice fights are usually like one shove, one shove. Everybody runs up, they get separated, and then we move on to the next play. But when you have something like what Mark Andrews did there, that's unacceptable. That I mean, that's a 15-yard penalty in the game, right? So you can't do that in the game. Why are you doing that in practice? When you have something like that or you have something like the Aaron Donald thing last year, those are the things that to me – cross the line right and you can't have guys crossing the line and i don't think that they're coached to do that certainly not but there should be at some point consequences when things cross the line but again by and large those things don't happen but you need to say at some point hey guys calm your calm your stuff down 
because th- this cannot happen. Like you can't body slam a player like that. And frankly, that should have started a little something because if I'm the commanders and I see Mark Andrews do that to my guy, I'm stepping to him like, why would you do that? You know, you can't do that. Don't do things like that. I, I didn't like that at all. During a game, if that happens after the whistle, clearly after the whistle, it's a 15-yard penalty, it's an ejection, and it's maybe a suspension beyond that. I mean, they would take that seriously, and that's my point. If you're going to care about that kind of stuff when everyone's watching, why don't you care about it when everyone's watching, when everyone's taping, and it's out there on social media for people to see? It's the same kind of behavior you're trying to deter. Even if no one was watching, you're trying to deter that kind of behavior. You should do something about it. Here's another one real quickly that happened yesterday in joint practice between the Patriots and the Packers. It's just an example of just the, the goofy, random things that occur. There goes a helmet flying into the air. We don't know where that helmet's going to land. It just so happened that the official was paying attention and caught it out of the air. But once that helmet, I mean, that's Kyle Turley stuff. There goes a helmet into the air. It is a football helmet. It is a heavy, hard object. Yes, it's covered by a guardian cap. But still, if that hits somebody who's not ready for it, it's going to injure them. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, it's one of those things that you don't want to see because it can injure somebody. So, like I said, the, the things that are unacceptable need to be treated as unacceptable. And to me, that's one of those things. And the NFL needs to do something about it before something serious happens. And then they say, oh, maybe we should do something about that. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Okay, here's Miles' 80s training for today. There's Chris Sims as Max Headroom. Now, that is actually Chris Sims. But that was the whole Max Headroom vibe, and it was kind of jerky like that. Does that ring any bells for you now, Max Headroom? Uh, Maybe a little, but I don't really know why. I mean, it's more just like that television, you know, the square, the 4-3 aspect ratio. That's just evoking images of my childhood, Nickelodeon, things like that. You know, back when we didn't have, you know, slime broadcasts for NFL games. Uh, By the way... Matt Casey, coordinating producer of the program, was listening earlier when we were talking about baseball, and I lamented the fact that the Pirates have stunk for 30 years. So thank you, Matt Casey, for sending the clip of the, the single from the Braves where Sid Bream, was it, or was it Francisco Cabrera that hit the ball and Sid Bream scores from second and Barry Bond somehow doesn't throw him out? Man. Hopefully Jim Leland cussed him out. That's it for today's hodgepodge of crap. Enjoy your weekend. See you Monday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.